Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Haven podcast. This is your host, Nancy Ray, and today we are going to be talking about needs, how to ask for our needs to be met, how to communicate them, and then how to hold boundaries around them. So the word need has become kind of a dirty word out there in the personal development world. Even I have talked about the word need and how when we're communicating something, when we use the word need, we're coming from a lack-based energy. And we're coming from an energy of operating at a deficit until that need is met. Saying the word need Pre, has a presupposition built into it that you're operating at a deficit as you are right now. And all of that coaching and power of languaging aside, we do as beings have legitimate needs in our lives, right? Obviously, if you don't eat, if you don't drink, you will die. And I know there'll be people who go, what about that crazy, the crazy outliers, the people who, you know, claim to have not eaten for decades and they're alive or, or whatnot. We're going to talk about the the rule, not the exception to the rule, right? So we have needs. We need to sleep. If you don't sleep, you start having really intense symptoms. You need to uh, eliminate. You need to go to the restroom and you need to eliminate uh, all the things that you've been taking in or you will have some serious symptoms and side effects. You need to take in water. You need to take in food. These are basic needs. Oftentimes, right now, we're just shifting majority of like the leading edge of consciousness from feeling guilty about having basic needs met, right? Like sleep, not feeling guilty. And people have talked about this big movement, especially with mothers of like, fill your cup up first so that you can then take care of your kids. And oftentimes they're talking about super, super basic needs, like getting a shower in, (laughs) uh, eating food and getting some sleep so you can be there for your family. But what about all the other needs that we have? These needs that often feel we can feel guilty about like the need to take a bath and relax the need for luxury the need for pleasure the need for love and adoration the need for recognition the need for respect we do have needs for all of these things and every unique human every unique differentiation of higher consciousness every single one of us has different needs that need to be met. And if we're not actively finding ways to meet those needs in a healthy, conscious, proactive way, we will meet those needs in an unconscious, manipulative way. So if you have the need for recognition or the need for attention or the need for love, you may reach out and manipulate. Think about little kids. What they really need is someone's attention. What they need is someone to listen to them. They feel like they can't get that. So what do they do? They start temper tantruming or they break a toy or they punch their sister or something to try to get that need for attention met rather than just feeling like they can just say, hey, I need some attention right now and asking for that from their caregivers. So this is something I've worked on with my daughter. My daughter is now seven. And from the time she was like three or four, especially when her little brother was born 
and she started feeling the competition for our time and attention, I would see her do behaviors and I could feel the energy in them that was her trying to manipulate or control her environment to get the attention that she needs. When your body sees something as a need, it will meet it. That's what I want you to hear. It will go to great lengths to meet that need. This is why we see people that are in these really intense situations. Maybe they can't afford food or whatnot, and maybe they have a really high moral code, but they're starving to death, so they steal, right? Because they have the need goes above and beyond anything in the, in the conscious realm of like morality. That need has been pushed to the point where it has to be met. And we could even go so far in this uh, crazy deep dive hole to say that a lot of the violent acts when people reach out and do these really intense horrific things to other beings, it's because there's an unmet need and they think that doing this thing, you know, uh, asserting their will over another being is going to fill that up for them. It's going to meet that need. And it usually does temporarily, but it's not a long lasting fulfilling need. So let's talk about where some of these needs come from. Some of these needs are based on things that we had a deficit with when we were kids. So um, I've been studying and watching a lot of different things around the different attachment styles that people may have where you'll have an anxious attachment or you'll have like an avoidant attachment disorder where one feels the need to like cling on to someone and they're, these are the people that in relationships are often described as incredibly needy and kind of annoying and they get a bad rap and they just are always like, where are you? What are you doing? They want to be held. They want to be touched. They want to be cuddled all the time. And for someone who has a healthy attachment style, um, or is more on the side of avoidant, that can feel incredibly restricting and incredibly overbearing. Now, what kind of person would have that type of a, an attachment style? Who is someone that maybe might have symptoms or signs of being more anxious in their attachment style versus avoidant? Think about their childhood. What might have gone on? Could they have experienced some abandonment stuff? Could they have felt like they were never a priority in their parents' life? Absolutely, right? And then someone with an avoidant attachment style maybe had overbearing parents or helicopter parents that were constantly trying to control them. So instead, they are all about freedom. And anytime they start feeling restricted or start feeling controlled, they pull away from relationships. Whereas the anxious, when they feel uh, insecure in a relationship, they cling on harder. So what we have out there in the world is we have all of these different beings that have all of these different potential problems or issues or needs based on their, what they did not have met as a child. And then they're partnering up with each other. And oftentimes, as crazy as it sounds, you will have an avoidant attachment and an anxious attachment that will attract each other into each other's lives to heal this style, to heal this style of what's going on. So if you experience a lot of runner chaser energy in your relationships, I, I highly encourage you to get online and Start researching some of this stuff. Teal Swan has some great videos about attachment style um, in relationships and how to heal and mend through those and understand them and conceptualize them. So oftentimes, like the old school, um, not on the leading edge of trying to wake up and live consciously mindset approach to these attachment styles is actually to give them the opposite to try to heal it. So for example, with someone who has more of an anxious attachment style, the advice often is you just need to become more independent. You need to become your own island. You need to kind of isolate yourself and just do it by yourself and just woman the fuck up or man the fuck up and you'll be fine, right? And then with someone who's maybe an avoidant, 
the advice will be like, get in a relationship, get committed, and just give to that other person. When the truth is, these beings are having their whole system is hardwired and screaming for the exact opposite. So I would encourage someone who has an anxious attachment style to become aware that that's their attachment style. And what they really probably need is someone who's going to be incredibly secure and loving and attentive and available. Possibly even an anxious attachment style with an anxious attachment style and together giving each other and meeting that need of consistent validation or assurance and presence in their life that is secure and consistent can begin to heal those past fears, traumas, anxieties, etc. The whole point of all of this is to heal, is to heal. And so when we honor our needs and we see our needs as these signposts guiding us towards what we actually need to survive, we, we can find our oasis. We can find our paradise. So if we can think of it like in a survival scenario, someone has these basic needs, right? For food, water, shelter, and maybe ideal weather conditions so it doesn't get too hot or too cold, right? So that they can live. Those needs act like a compass as they would be out foraging or wandering in the wilderness trying to find a home base. Those needs are their compass, their guiding light. So I want you to stop knocking your needs and minimizing them and making them bad and wrong. Whatever your need is right now, that may change, right? Uh, one of the examples they give for people with an avoidant attachment style that need a lot of freedom is they'll say, go, go experience freedom. Go take your time. Uh, have those, those years, those bachelor, bachelorette years where you're unattached and you're free, you know, be honest with yourself, responsible towards others, be respectful. Don't get in committed relationships. Let people know if you're dating or you're, you know, having sex or whatever, that this is just for this. This is all it is. And hold those healthy boundaries around that and give yourself the opportunity to really experience that level of freedom and meet that need. Oftentimes people are terrified of their needs. Oh, if I meet this need, I'm going to become this like savage, ravage, crazed person. I just have to get more and more and more and more and more of it. Where often once that need is met, once you're full, once you've eaten food and you're full, you don't want food anymore. Now you want a nap or you won't move on to something else right? So it's about honoring your needs, not seeing them as bad or wrong and not demonizing them. Always, I highly recommend and suggest that you be on the path of healing and growth. If you're listening to this, then you clearly are. You're doing the personal development work, but you cannot process and heal your way out of a need. I want you to hear that. You can't just process and heal your way out of a need. You can't talk yourself out of it. So if you're in a relationship with a romantic partner and you are needing more verbal validation I do not want you to go shove your head in a book and try to work yourself out of that need emotionally. We are here to be interdependent beings, not independent beings. Nothing, nothing, I want you to hear me, nothing in your life can you heal totally by yourself. Nothing. We are meant to have a tribe. We're meant to have a village. We're meant to have this community where we all show up for each other and it's a very symbiotic, beautiful exchange. So, Maybe it's not your romantic partner that's going to help you heal this per se. And that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I don't want you to make yourself wrong or broken or bad and go isolate yourself in a room all by yourself, reading books and doing affirmations and trying to heal this part of you that wants some verbal validation, recognition, acknowledgement, and adoration. 
There's nothing wrong with that need being there. So what we get to do is we get to become conscious of the need, quit making it wrong or bad, and start communicating to the universe, to the loved ones in our life, that this is a need that we have so that we can go get it met in a very constructive way. And also we're going to talk in just a second about holding the boundaries around those needs and how they're met in your experience. Okay. So for example, my bestie, she is right now. She's single. When you're listening to this, she might not be because she's manifesting everything so fast right now, but she's been single for a little while recently. And her number one love language is touch. She's a hugger. She's just, she loves kids. She's just a cuddle bug. Right. And so knowing that about her, I I knew that quite instantly. I could kind of feel it in her. And she also very much acknowledges that need. And she has no shame around that being bad or weird or wrong. She's also a massage therapist. So you can see how her need for that human connection happens through that, getting to pour into her clients and and love on them. And she does a lot of like rehabilitation, cool stuff that that she does in her work. And that really fills up her cup that, that meets that need. She also spends a lot of time with her nieces and nephews, mostly nephews, and loves on them cuddles them, takes care of them. She, she, she's like the favorite aunt, right? And then also her friend circle knows that. So I just know every time I see her, I'm going to hug her when I first see her. And then I'm definitely going to hug her when I leave. And I usually do that with all of my friends, but I make a special conscious effort with her because I know that's one of her core needs. And we all actually need more touch and more hugs in our life. That's a, a very real thing that humans need. They've done studies on this and, they, and they, those babies that they pulled out and they isolated alone and they met all their physical needs food, water, etc., and they weren't physically touched, they all died. They all died because they didn't get that human touch. So if right now there's any part of you talking yourself out of any of your needs because you think it's silly or it's selfish or it's stupid, I want to call you back to that example where these babies had a basic biological need for human love, touch, and connection, and they died because they didn't get it. If you're having a need for more time away from your kids to go meditate or go on a walk or journal or just have a girl's night out or just go to the grocery store for heaven's sakes without, you know, the, the screaming and the crying and the begging for fruit snacks and candy, then honor that about yourself. Be intentional about it. Communicate it openly and honestly with the people in your life that love you and say, I really need a moment. I need a moment for this. So many of the really sad, horrific things that happen in regards to just issues in the the family unit with verbal abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, people responding and acting out of anger happens because people go so long without acknowledging what their need is. And they're oftentimes not awake enough to be conscious that that's what's going on for them, that they have a real need for their own. I call it a mama timeout. And I can feel it in my body when I start getting to that point where I'm like, whoa, mama needs a timeout. I'm, I'm getting to my edge. I'm really triggered by this. I just get to go. And in that case, I have people in my life that love me and support me that I know I could call at the drop of a hat. I've got my bestie. I've got, I've got grandma I can call. Um, I've got my baby's daddy I could call. And I say, I just need a minute <laughs> or an hour or a weekend or whatever it is. And to do so without the shame or the guilt or the less than or any type of issue, that's very normal. It's no different than would you feel guilty if you were in the middle of a situation and you got hit with like, I have to go to the bathroom right now or it's going to start running down my leg. Like it's bad. You know, you would go meet that biological need. You would inform everyone around you and no one would be like guilting you or shaming you or making it that big deal. Why? Because they have this very similar need and they know what that feels like to all of a sudden get hit with the have to go to the bathroom right now urge, right? 
So when we can open up and recognize that needs are normal and necessary and healthy and completely and totally okay, we can begin to acknowledge at a very soul level what those needs are. We get to respect that there are people that will not want to meet those needs for us. I had a situation, an opportunity where I was wanting to move into partnership with someone that wants to have multiple lovers and I want to be monogamous. And in that scenario and in that situation, there was an opportunity to honor at a high level each individual person's desires and needs, knowing that those are signposts about direction. So I'm going to use a very obvious example, but I want you to be willing to apply it to even the minute, energetic, emotional desires and needs and wants. I had a friend about seven years back that had been married to her husband for five to six years and... Um, they had an amazing relationship. They did a lot of fun stuff together. And at about year five, actually I think it was a little longer than that. Now that I say that, I think it was about year five and then, yeah. So at about year five in the relationship, she started communicating about starting their family and wanting to have kids. And he was like, actually, you know, I don't want kids. And she thought, well, maybe, you know, he'll change his mind. Maybe he's just not ready yet. And so they waited and they're starting to get into their mid thirties. Now they've been married quite some time. And she keeps having this really strong desire. She wants to have a family. She wants to have kids. And he has no desire for that. So at about year 10, she finally released him lovingly. Because if she stayed, she would resent him. Because she wants babies. And if, and if he you know, gives in and has babies, he'll resent her. Because that, that doesn't match his needs and his desires and his wants. So this is an opportunity to not judge right, wrong, good, bad. This is an opportunity to honor at the highest level what someone's experience is calling them towards. Always, obviously, taking into consideration that their needs never violate anyone else's boundaries. But if her need of having a baby, if she forced that in that relationship, it would violate his boundaries. And if he enforces not wanting kids in the relationship, it violates her boundaries of her desires, wants, and needs. Okay? So the opportunity with all of this is to be really, really honest and to release people. Where we can get caught up is when we have a need and we demand or require it be met by a certain person or a certain role in our life. Your romantic partnership is not met, meant to meet all of your needs. Your best friends not meant to meet all of your needs. Your kids are not meant to meet all of your needs. Your career is not meant to meet all of your needs. Like I said, we're an interdependent unit here where we're going to be getting our needs met from multiple sources. Where people get messed up is when they get into a romantic relationship and they cut off ties with friends, they start isolating themselves in this coupling off unit and they expect their partner to meet all of their needs that they used to get met through a variety of sources. Friends uh, from all different areas, right? You have friends that you have at school, you have friends you have at the gym, friends you have with different hobbies and they were being met by all of those people. And now you take that whole mantle of all of those needs for connection and place them on one being. And that's incredibly overwhelming and not fair to them at all. I will say that for me, uniquely in my romantic partnership, I had unique needs for that role. I needed that need, I had my had a need for it to feel a particular way, to have a certain type of connection in that role. And my former spouse, it was not a fit. He, it, he could not be those things. And it was unkind to put that expectation 
on him and to want, that's not love. Unconditional love would accept him exactly as he is. And if there's a need he cannot meet, just like the husband not able to meet her need of giving her babies because it violates his own truth, the most loving thing to do is to release them to a different role, a different sphere in your reality. Now, if you get attached to a specific person and you have a specific need you have to get from that specific person, that is going to fuck you up (laughs) big time. So what you get to do is you get to release individual people and the need to control or need the need met from them and instead move it into an archetypal role. So for example, if you have a need for a maternal, nurturing, motherly energy and you need it to feel unconditional and you need it to feel and look a certain way and your mom is either not alive on the planet or incapable of meeting your needs in that way or unwilling to meet your needs in that way, you get to release her and hold the space for a different placeholder, a different being, a different maternal energy to manifest in your life that wants to, that actually needs to meet your needs. And that's when it becomes really yummy and really juicy when your needs um, are their needs. So for example, uh, if someone has the need for giving foot rubs to their partner (laughs) and the other partner needs to get foot rubs from their partner, boom, you have this beautiful puzzle piece match. It's like, It just locks right in. So that's the ultimate goal is to find someone that you, your needs are their needs. They need to meet your needs and you need to meet their needs. And it's this beautiful symbiotic connection. Now, when it comes to actually communicating your needs, if you become aware that there's a need that you have, and again, giving grace, because I married, when I married my husband, it was perfection. It was bliss. I, he was the perfect partner for me. And if I could do my life a thousand times over, I would pick him again every single time because it's been the perfect container for my growth and development. And I have nothing but absolute love and adoration and respect and honoring for this amazing man that I chose and that I I bore my babies with. And as I've grown and evolved and I become into more awareness of myself and my own truth, it became really evident to me that I was having these needs that were not being met in the relationship and that I wanted to have with my intimate partner. And so I got into practice. Well, the first thing I did was I isolated myself and I tried to meet them by myself. And then I realized I needed to communicate them in the relationship. And I did. And it was something just like with that other husband and wife scenario that the husband could not give. It wasn't in his nature to give to me in that way. He's not meant to be the one giving to me in that way. And continuing to try to draw water from a dry well instead of continuing to do that and cause pain for me and cause pain for him. And there was a variety of other circumstances or situations. I'm massively simplifying that conclusion of that partnership. We were able to release and, and move into our own next steps and our own next chapters. When it comes to a boundary, if you have a need, for example, I have a need for honesty in my relationship, trust and honesty. It's a super, super high priority as well as transparency. I am a highly intuitive, psychic, energetic being. I can fill people's change in mood like as if the, the temperature in the room dropped, dropped 10 degrees. I can feel it and it impacts my whole body. And so it is essential for me that my partner be aware of their emotions and be uh, actively open and committed to communicating authentically, even if it's a negative emotion towards me. Even if it's something that I've done that's off and same with my best friends, that's also something that I need from those relationships. 
So now that I know that and I acknowledge that and I, and I'm in the space of honoring that I can attract and manifest that into my life. So, and this is what it comes down to boundaries. Once I got clear on what my needs were and I held the boundary that they were going to be met in that role of the intimate relationship, the romantic partnership, once I had that clear, if someone did not fit that, they don't go in that role. So rather than trying to tra- change the need or change the role, right, or change the person, I just let the person go and let a new person fill that void. And someone always shows up that wants and needs that. Another great example of this is if you're not physically attracted to your partner and you have a strong need to be physically attracted to your partner, love them enough to release them. They're going to continue to feel inadequate. They're going to continue to work really hard to change or alter themselves to be pleasing to you. When the truth is there's someone out there that would find them wildly, radically, outrageously attractive, energetically, spiritually, and physically. And so release them to go find that and love yourself enough to go find that as well. What happens is we get these really um, intense, unhealthy attachments to situations as they are and fearing change and wanting to hold on things and force things because of our own insecurities when we're not standing in the highest order of honor. We get to move to a place of honoring what is, honoring the energy as it is, honoring the other being. And in, in a majority of situations, when you have two people who are absolutely in love, they want to meet each other's needs. That's a very real thing. The only time it's not a fit is when their need violates your need. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not broken. It's not about finding compromise. It's about holding space for alignment because, um, you know, my former is an excellent close inner circle friend and he has my back in every way. And we're amazing partners with our kids and he's my family and he will be in my life forever. And It's not a fit to have him in my romantic partnership role anymore. And I can honor that and he can honor that and vice versa. It's not a fit for me to be in his romantic partnership role because of the needs I have. We rub up against each other in a way that is not in the vibration of honoring. So here you have it. This is your opportunity to get clear on what it is that you really need. Practice communicating that authentically, asking for what it is you want and desire. And then if they can't do that, loving release them. Release them. Quit torturing yourself. Quit banging your head against the wall trying to figure out why they don't want to show up for you in that way. Maybe they just can't. And you may think, no, they can. They just won't. Same thing. If they are not feeling internally inspired to hold space in the way that you desire, it's not a match. You don't need to be doing a carrot and a stick manipulation with the boundary or with the reward to try to change someone's behavior. It's one thing to communicate openly and honestly and to bring their attention or awareness to something that they were totally oblivious to. And then they're like, oh, absolutely. I would love to do that or support you in that way. And it's another thing. It's an entirely another story when they are feeling forced through the carrot and the stick or through your boundary to try to conform to meet your needs. That is not love. That is manipulation. And it's about trusting in an ever abundant universe where there is limitless number of people and beings that want to show up and meet your needs perfectly. They're your perfect puzzle piece matches. But the truth is they can't find you if you're trying to shove another piece in their spot because they have no opportunity to come in and to just fit right in to your life. 
So release the stuff that's not a fit. Lovingly let it go. Move it to different roles or parts. It doesn't mean you have to shove people out of your life or any, any of that bullshit. It means you get to stand in a place of honor. And when you do that, when you hold honor and you hold truth and let's see everything with transparency, the other beings involved will see and feel it too. And although they may be triggered and although they may have insecurity and all these issues because they may, you know, trigger comes up around, oh, I'm being rejected. I do not reject my former at all at all. I release him from a role that is not a fit for him any longer. There's a totally different energy around that. So that being said, I love you all. Thank you for um, our listener that sent in the questions about boundaries and uh, honoring needs today. It was very helpful. If you ever have any questions or there's a specific topic you'd like me to cover, don't hesitate to reach out and message me. That being said, I love you all and make it a great day.